Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com. It's Monday, November 27th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. For the last two academic years, Madison County schools and local employers have experimented with an apprenticeship program for students with disabilities. Individuals with disabilities are an overlooked asset to the, to the labor market. Oftentimes, employers don't realize what great employees they're getting. Coming up, St. Louis Public Radio's Will Bauer will examine the program for high school seniors and how creators hope it can be replicated throughout the country. Two universities in Missouri are part of a $10 million project to train the next generation of agriculture workers. St. Louis Public Radio's Jonathan All reports the goals include incorporating more technology education into the curriculum. The U.S. Department of Agriculture is funding the program to help address a shortage of agricultural employees. Missouri University of Science and Technology is part of the project. Hu Yang is the chair of S&T's Chemical Engineering Department. He says agricultural workers of the future will need to use technology like artificial intelligence and drones. And so certainly we want the student to be uh, to be knowledgeable about the new technologies and the same thing how to use those uh, technologies and to uh, support a sustainable agriculture. Lincoln University in Jefferson City is the lead school in the project. It will recruit a more racially and geographically diverse group of students into the field. In Rala, I'm Jonathan All, St. Louis Public Radio. St. Louis's expertise in plant sciences and growing geospatial presence gives the region a chance to lead the world in solving the climate challenges in agriculture. It comes from combining information from satellites and drones with sensors on the ground. Pablo Sabron is the founder of the St. Louis startup Impossible Sensing. We are giving farmers information about nutrients, information about soil health at the plant level so that they can make decisions about where to fertilize, where to put water, where to amend the soil for enhancing resilience and health. Sabrone says the technology will be commercially ready in the next couple of years and can help boost production and reduce carbon emissions. Democrat and Republican candidates in Illinois are lining up in Springfield to secure their chance at a top spot in next year's primary ballots. The Illinois State Board of Elections opens filing today. Candidates in line before the opening of those offices will be entered into a lottery to be first among the list of hopefuls on the ballot. Major party candidates have until December 4th to file petitions for nearly 150 General Assembly seats, about 80 judicial vacancies, and Illinois' 17 seats in the U.S. House. Voters can request mail-in ballots starting December 20th. The Illinois primary election is set for March 19th. A company created by the University of Illinois to market its saliva-based test for COVID-19 will close next month. Emily Hayes has more. Shield T3 LLC once had 172 full-time staff and contractors, but it was built for the pandemic and now test demand is dropping. Becky Smith is an epidemiologist at U of I in Urbana-Champaign. She was an early member of the Shield team and wasn't sure what to expect from the for-profit version. Shield T3 has use some of the profits they've made to innovate on this test and to make new adjustments, change things, add things that we wouldn't have been able to do on campus because our focus was really just campus. The saliva test was the fastest option before at-home tests became widely available. 
Smith says it kept infections lower at U of I than at universities that didn't use it. I'm Emily Hayes. Gas prices are lower throughout the St. Louis region as the holiday season takes hold. Gas Buddy's weekly survey of roughly 1,000 stations in the area shows the cost is down eight and a half cents from last week. The average is now three dollars a gallon. It's three twenty-one nationally. Prices range from three thirty-nine to three forty-nine in the Metro East. They run from two dollars ninety-nine cents to three twenty-seven in the Quincy area. The survey shows prices are below three dollars a gallon at stations throughout Rolla. A U.S. Surgeon General's report shows loneliness is a public health crisis. People are spending more time alone, and it started before the pandemic. As St. Louis Public Radio's Andrea Henderson reports, a new membership-based women's center in the Central West End wants to improve women's mental health and fight isolation. Leslie Holloway's life can get chaotic at times. She owns her own consulting agency and takes care of elderly family members. At times, she's mentally and physically worn out. She's attended some of the relationship-building events at Corday House over the past few months. Holloway says black women often have to prove their worth in the workplace, and that can weigh on their mental health. And having a space like Corday House allows them to be themselves. This offers up some options for achieving all the things you need to achieve and also options to physically, mentally, and emotionally just stop for a minute. Holloway hopes the center will spark creativity among women and help increase their confidence. I'm Andrea Henderson, St. Louis Public Radio. The former president of the East St. Louis chapter of the NAACP has died. The Belleville News Democrat reports the Reverend Johnny Scott died on Thanksgiving at St. Elizabeth's Hospital in O'Fallon, Illinois. The civil rights and voting rights activist suffered a heart attack and tested positive for COVID. Scott led the NAACP branch for more than three decades. He was born in Mississippi, served in the U.S. Army, worked for the Postal Service, and ran a tax and accounting business. Scott was also a chaplain for the St. Clair County Sheriff's Department. He was 91. Madison County is in its third year of running an apprenticeship program for students with disabilities. It works with school districts and employers to find jobs. St. Louis Public Radio's Will Bauer reports local officials are hoping the initiative can be replicated across the country. One student, Mackenzie Walker, a senior at Collinsville High, has been in the program since August. As I ask her if she'll stick around after graduation, her work radio squawks. It'll give me something to do, though, whenever I'm out of high school. I'll have a job here. The origins of this apprenticeship program that landed McKenzie here at the Gateway Convention Center can be traced back to the county level. In the fall of 2021, Madison County's Department of Employment and Training and Collinsville School District were trying to figure out a way to find work for the disabled students. These could be students with autism, Down syndrome, a learning disability, or health impairment. The idea was pretty simple. For the second half of the school day, the students could work part-time during their senior year. They would learn skills that could translate to a job after graduation. These talks started in September 2021, and by January 2022, Employment and Training Director Tony Furman says the program took off. You had the Department of Labor, you had the State Department of Commerce and Economic Opportunity, you had Madison County Employment and Training, you had the City of Collinsville, and you had the Collinsville School District five levels of government and bureaucracy who went from idea to implementation in three months. 
That first year, six students got jobs with different departments with the city of Collinsville. Some worked at the convention center owned by the city. Others worked with the Parks and Recreation Department. There was, however, a problem. Berman says the three months from idea to implementation was maybe too fast. And Assistant Director Darlene Ladd agrees. What we did not do was we did not match people to the jobs. So we had a recipe for disaster, so to speak. For example, Furman and Ladd say one student who worked for the Parks and Rec Department didn't want to get dirty. But just because the first group didn't go as planned doesn't mean it was all bad. That's according to Kathy Kalupka the special ed coordinator at Collinsville Schools. Only one of the six graduated the program. However, three of those students are currently competitively employed. And Kalupka says they credit getting their jobs to this program. Furman and Ladd agree that it wasn't all bad. The rough first year allowed them to figure out what went wrong. Their conclusion, they needed to sit down with the students, parents, the school, and the bosses to make sure everyone was on the same page. Fast forward to the next year of the program. All four students who participated graduated. It's going well enough now that Furman says he hopes this model can be copied. I mean, I think that's why we can talk about replicating it, because those early failures led to to where we are now. Currently, there are four students who work in Collinsville. Two work in Edwardsville, there are two in Bethalto, and two more could soon be in Granite City. High school senior Joseph Sanchez is also working at the Gateway Convention Center this year. So my job is that we we sub events for what's going to happen at, at Gateway. Joseph has been there since August, and he'll be there through the end of the school year. Joseph and Mackenzie, who we heard from earlier, both say they like their jobs. For Joseph, he says he's not quite sure if he'll continue on full or part-time at the convention center after he graduates. Furman and Ladd say the benefits to having students like Joseph and Mackenzie in the workforce is twofold. First, Ladd says there is a lack of disabled workers in many fields. And two, one employer right now doesn't have a few positions to fill. Individuals with disabilities are an overlooked asset to the to the labor market. Oftentimes, employers don't realize what great employees they're getting. They don't realize that a lot of our workers are individuals who are concrete. And that means, Ladd says, these students are magnificent at their jobs. Furman and Ladd recently presented this apprenticeship program at two national conferences in hopes that someone else can copy it. In Collinsville, I'm Will Bauer, St. Louis Public Radio. Our Fred Ehrlich edited that report. The Gateway is a production of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.